0: Hello, iGaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsors. The iGaming Next podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. I've been working with Ashley, Lewis, and the guys over at Pragmatic Solutions over the last year. And as the early supporter of this podcast, I cannot recommend them enough. The Pragmatic Solutions Player Account Management platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. Future trends, deep insights, industry leaders. This is the iGaming Next podcast with your host, Pierre Lindt. Osric, can you talk about the end of online poker? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I mean, it's
1: a uh, it's a well documented problem that um, you know is causing operators a lot of harm at the moment, at the minute, especially in terms of reputational damage. You know, um, the forums are full of like angry punters. You know, um, they're pretty sick of these bots. But mm. I I find it quite fascinating from like a a mathematical perspective so you know the there's a kind of obsession with the gambling world in academia and with mathematicians that use it as a kind of playground Mm. Uh, and it's the same for me you know in terms of processes you want to break processes it's a a great place to start (laughs) um but yeah obviously in terms of machine learning um you know poker's kind of been completed in terms of you know it started with chess um, and that was, you know, seen as a kind of academic achievement mm. in in a similar way that you know everybody's been trying to break poker, and I think they've done it. So I think it poses a bit of an existential threat to poker. Mm. Um, just because, how do you solve that? Um, yeah. You know, the the best you can do is do the same. You know, uh, try and identify people that are using these bots, but. The issue with that is, you know, the bots only have, you know, from from the opposing side, only have to change slightly uh, in order to, you know, go undetected again. And so, all you're doing is diluting the value in which these bots are taking. And it gets to a point where they have a positive margin. Yeah. But there's so many few, there's so many false positives that you you can't do anything about it. Like uh, players are all trying to play the best strategy. The bots are trying to be a bit, you know less good. So, yeah. uh, you know, they, they then fall into a, a bit of a gray area. Yeah. So I've been quite interested in um, sort of some of the techniques used in gaming. Mm. So, um, you know, that manage uh, bots that are on the, inter- uh, you know, using the interface. So um, you, in gaming, they use like uh, camera angle changes mm. that that mean that if you're using like a bot or an auto clicker, you know, that the camera angle change means that what you're intending to click on you're no longer clicking on and this is i mean this is (laughs) this is stuff they were doing you know (laughs) a long time ago so yeah you you can use this kind of stuff to combine with gameplay to identify people that um you know have bots that are interacting with the front end Uh, because you can kind of throw them off and then monitor the gameplay like uh move the the buttons and when they don't interact uh, and maybe you know hundreds of players don't interact in that simultaneous moment, you you can build a profile. But Hmm. the problem is they don't need to interact with the front end. You know, you can use two separate devices and and, uh, the person can just be taking instructions. You know, you you can have like an OCR system that's pulling the cards from the screen without interacting. And then you have a separate system that's giving you, you know, instructions on how to play. you know i think there's a you know there's short term solutions there's mid term solutions but you know poker faces an existential threat in that regard and i you yeah. know of course like uh, land based poker is fine um because yeah. assuming that you can't get cameras in and you know yeah uh, or like
0: a, i don't know like a microphone or yeah something yeah like, yeah. yeah something like that it's a it's an interesting problem i mean uh, my background like we we spoke about this before here obviously on my background is uh, is poker, of course, on yeah. both on the land based side and the um, and the online side, and and uh, throughout the years, uh, you know, even since two thousand five, the um, the bots have always been the discussion. Like, will the bots at some point become better than the humans? And the perception for so long has always been that poker is an unsolvable problem uh, in the AI world, but similarly that was the discussion around go the 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 asian uh, game as well that supposedly was unsolvable for for ai and just a couple of years ago of course um, there was an ai system who managed to beat the world's best Go player and similarly in poker um, i think something around three to four years ago there was a finnish ai researcher who basically uh, created this challenge for some of the best poker players in the world Um, he thought that he had Uh, built an AI system that could play perfect poker. And, you know, in in our day, if you will, there was no such expression as playing perfect poker. We uh, we were under the impression that uh, poker is um, an intuitive game, and um, depending on who you are playing with, you uh, you cannot play perfect you can just uh, try to do your your best under the circumstances would say but it turns out that there there is such a thing as playing perfect poker and it's called uh, gto uh, obviously and that's what uh, all the poker players are are trying to achieve and so the finnish researcher he put this test out there uh, this competition against uh, some of the best poker players in the world and consistently the ai system won of course and now, the, um, the challenge, I guess, uh, is, to, um, is to get the, uh, the computational power in order to play perfect poker in real time. So I guess why the online poker world is not seeing this problem today right, is because um, the computers are not uh, powerful enough and the systems are not efficient enough to play in real time. So the, what the poker pros do now is that they analyze their own play after they play. So they, they analyze. did I play close to DTO or, or whatnot? But at one point, the um, it's just a matter of time, right? Before the systems sure. get yep. powerful I mean, enough. Uh, I believe they've already solved
1: kind of uh, two player poker, the bots, uh, mm. perfectly. Um, I think if there's sufficient table coverage, so obviously with each seat, you, the bot has the more control they have, the more mm. data they have. So it is sort of, um, you know, accumulates the, the the knowledge in order to mm. be more effective. Uh, I think where it's struggling is you know one player uh, yeah. in a room of players. Um, mm. But yeah, it's, it's just a matter of time. It's just it's just as soon as the the you know the the formulas are refined, so that yeah. requires less computation or more mm. compu- computations available. So
0: yeah. And it, it's literally like from one day to the other, more or less, uh, uh, when, when this shift might uh, happen. And I, I would assume that some, you know, the larger poker operators obviously are aware of this problem and trying to solve it. But like you said, like, how do you solve this problem? Because as you said, like a player can just sit with another, a second computer next to them who is telling them what is the perfect move. Yeah. And how do you solve it? It's, it seems unsolvable.
1: I think it is <laughs> like uh, <laughs> online poker uh, is doomed, <laughs> yeah, if anyone has the answer it's probably, it's a very valuable uh problem to solve,
0: yeah, that is absolutely true yeah it, um it's a it's an interesting one, and like we said before, i have uh, some of my best friends are um are poker professional poker players and they have always been scared of the day where the, uh, the the bots will will play perfect poker and they they are aware as well that this will happen one one day or the other. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well also, Ikea, I mean you're you're representing uh, the Lovelace Consultancy obviously and and um, you're an expert in bonus abuse, multi-accounting and basically how to exploit online casinos. And um, Previously, you come from the background, obviously exploiting uh, casinos yourself, uh, and then obviously before turning uh, white hat exploiter, if you will, and now working with the gambling industry in order to uh, make sure that uh, their casinos are not uh, exploitable in the games. Uh, so I'm I'm really curious just to start from the beginning. Uh, you know, it's like um, uh, can you tell us like the story of how you got into uh, exploiting online casinos and uh, how sure. was that journey
1: so um, I mean Ed's the other co-director so um, mm. you know we both have our own stories uh, as everybody does really <laughs> um, but it's much the same for everyone um, there's forums that break down this information uh, and they're quite significant I mean uh, there's over Twenty-five significant forums, over three hundred and fifty thousand member members of these forums, uh, and they're quite sophisticated in terms of the knowledge they provide. Uh, but there's also the community element in that um, they're shared knowledge, so you, you don't need three hundred and fifty thousand people to test the same thing to get a single <laughs> result, right? So um, there's pooled expertise, which has kind of really accelerated the the level of technical knowledge. Um, so, it was actually somebody that come to me and said, um, you know, can I buy your identity off you? Someone I know, a good friend of mine. Um, and I was like, uh, well, you know, he's offering me a few hundred quid, but he's going to be making more than that. So, <laughs> I'm going to look into this, what's going on? So, I did some research and then something clever about these forums is they quite often have a free trial. So, you can prove the concept yourself, you know, you can they give you one free guide. It shows you how to do it uh, because it's quite, you know, if, if it's something you're not exposed to before, it can be uh, a little daunting, a little complicated. So they prove the concept to you. So it's part educational. And then you've earned more money than the subscription costs. And you're like, well, what have I got to lose? <laughs> so uh, they're very appealing in that sense. And so I started, you know, exploring it. Um, uh, and then kind of there's a... Well, I was earning to some degree more than I was through my business at the time. Um, and the business got uh, affected by the kind of interest rate change. Uh, sorry, the, uh, the the value of the pound change in 2016 as a kind of an import export business. Uh, so, right. um, you know, I could have spent more energy on that. But for, you know, at the time there was so much more opportunity in, you know, this little side project I had going. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so I focused on that full time. Uh, Ed's much the same. He had a job and decided this. I'm just make, I'm making more in the evening, like multiple multiples of what I earn in a job in a, in the evening. So you know, I'm just going to focus on this, and 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 that's how it happens for most people. Uh, so it's no, there's no kind of like insightful story in that regard. It's quite uh, quite yeah. dull. But um, what we started focusing on there, there was kind of a regulatory change in the UK that reduced the value of a lot of offers and um, budget. And also, you know, there wasn't so many new um, operators going live as well because regulation tightened up a lot. So it had like a, you know, a real um, impact on the value you were able to earn. So, I mean, our other speciality is multi-accounting. So the way around that is to just create lots and lots of accounts, lots of identities, right? Um, but another way is to specialize in something. You know, it, what was kind of straightforward processes, uh, a lot of people moved towards quite specific niches. So I'm talking like uh, VIP abuse combined with bonus abuse and kind of, uh, you, you know, me, me and Ed, we, we had slightly different backgrounds when we met and we met working against the industry. Ed focused a lot on sport. And uh, I've uh, and casino um, content abuse, and I was kind of focused on bonus engine logic and uh, casino advantage play. So we kind of pulled resources um, to kind of increase the value we can take per per account. Mm. Um, So you know um, that's it, really. That's kind of what brought us, um, you know, to built our knowledge, built our understanding, was, was trying all these little things, so uh, yeah. there's some things that are out of the typical realms of people exploiting slots that, you know, were adopted more in kind of fraud communities, so uh, things such as can you create duplicate accounts as a way of scaling, undermine those processes, um, you know, card um, registration exploits that allow you to, you know, use this card on multiple sites or... You know, you use, have a card that can generate multiple um, sort of identities in a sense, so, you know, ways of exploiting mm-hmm. systems that allow you to scale. So mm-hmm. uh, they, we kind of incorporated a lot of those sort of principles from the kind of Ford communities with bonus, um, typical bonus abuse uh, strategies and then all of these little kind of niche things that we'd been working on. So it mm-hmm. kind of gave us quite a, a kind of... Rounded knowledge of, you know, most of the ways of exploiting huh. casinos. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so you mentioned uh like, yeah, that the forums uh, where the exploiters uh, share information with each other. I mean, there's uh, something like three hundred fifty thousand members around this uh, forum. I mean, that's absolutely massive. So this community is uh, huge. Mm-hmm. In other words, and so they constantly share kind of um, information with each other. What is the the um, let's say the um, possible exploits that uh, that they can all target together, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: mm. it, um, something the community is very good at doing is pooling knowledge. So, like I said, uh, me and Ed shared notes. It benefited us both, and there's there's very much a uh, kind of community community element in that regard. Mm. And then the same in Ford as well. You know someone specializes in one thing another person specializes in another thing no one has a full knowledge it Mm. kind of relies on sharing your knowledge sharing information Mm. um to kind of better everyone and that that isn't always just on the the mainstream forums Mm. Uh, actually most of the time it's not if you're onto something valuable because you don't want everybody you know using your approach yeah what you do is you share that with friends you know like tip-off you mate like this is for the the exploit you gave me you know you yeah. paid a favor uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: so for the for the processes that are particularly valuable they they don't get talked about no, no. Um,
0: okay, you know. okay. And, and like when you started out uh, you wanted to exploit casinos how, how long did it take until you kind of started making money was, was it like a trial and error type of straight thing, away, or straight, away. straight so away from day one so um,
1: sport sport advantage play um, it's often called match betting. Uh, there's ways of um, approaching offers in a way that guarantees profit. So mm. you pre-calculate the value prior to actually taking the value. So you you predetermine that value. Mm. Uh, it's a bit different to a lot of casino abuse, which is has an element of volatility. Like on average, oh, your right. profit, but yeah. there's you've got to ride the swing. So yeah. there's a there's a sort of natural progression from sport to casino for that reason. Um, Oh uh, right, right, right. You build a bank balance, and then yeah. you can go after the and, high volatility, and then you stuff. can
0: take the the volatility in the exactly. casino because obviously it's uh it's ups and downs. Let's say even if you have a small advantage, that's what you want, yeah. Exactly
1: that, yeah. Hmm. Um, but I mean, three hundred and fifty thousand members in the forum that that just represents the individual people hmm. registering to the forums, right? Hmm. The 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 actual vast majority of abuse is multi-accounting. Um, so that's things like. I mean, in most cases, people recruit identities. So um, it's a case of just using your brother's and sister's or cousin's identity to register an account. But quite often that, you know, people don't stop there. Um, You know, we know of um, driving instructors that recruit their students. There's people that travel between university campuses recruiting students. Uh, There's people that stand outside job centers that, you know, recruit from people that they know are vulnerable. Mm. Uh, they're, they're essentially buying someone's identity, mm. um, and you know, a, a card and access to KYC documents mm. uh, as a means of scaling. But I mean, that's one thing, and and that really does scale. Uh, we've we've witnessed it. There's uh, we can't quantify the size of all of these syndicates, but you know, there's syndicates out there that use like five thousand identities. You wow. know, there's some larger ones, but, you know, I don't have definitive <coughs> numbers on them. So they're, they're pretty massive um, and that's just with permission. They're, then there's a whole world of using scraped or stolen data essentially mm. as a means of scaling, which, you know, if you people that understand how to exploit processes can use them um, and profit from them.
0: Mm. So it's a, so, I mean, the, um, the scaling is, it uh, must be one of the, uh, the, the major Kind of goals for the for the exploiters. Like the the more you scale, the more accounts you create in your network, obviously the more you can take advantage of each individual exploit.
1: Fundamentally, like um the casino industry, I think I think maybe you could include sort of Forex as well, kind of, but the gambling in- industry is the only industry that gives you cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like um uh, you know, you know, when I was a kid working on, you know my Windows ninety-eight exploiting uh, free sample sites and stuff. Um, you've always got to sell the product. Mm. Like you've always, there's always, and there's always accountability in terms of linking back to you. In that case, you've got to get the product. And right. you know, what what casino does is offer a, a cash incentive yeah. for exploiting their processes. Like yeah. and so the the drive to abuse casinos, yeah. like the upside yeah. is the ability to print money. If <laughs> if, a, if an offer has a positive value. <laughs> And you can repeat that offer indefinitely. Yeah. You can print money. So In- indefinite money. Yeah. More yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it attracts some let's say, brilliant minds. You know, people yeah. that people that uh, you know want to test if they can do this. You know, yeah. people want to try. There is a drive to do that. And so, yeah. and so we see all the time. You know, you can see what people are doing, like trying to work the system or trying. To, you know, so essentially that's you know what we do. We we identify those holes and we try and fix mm. them.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a good point what you mentioned. Is uh, the casino industry is the only industry that gives you money as an incentive yeah. to 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 play, and uh, like you say that that gives you the opportunity to exploit, uh, in order to print uh, money. Like you say, it's quite interesting. Um, you, you know. So you started uh, abusing the system in 2016, is that something along those lines? It
1: was, bef- it was before 2016, that's kind yeah. of when, you know, I went all all in. It time. was a side hobby Yeah, uh, for years before that, but uh, that's when, you know, I kind yeah. of went head on with it.
0: Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, I mean, cause I was going to say, I remember how rudimentary the, uh, the, the fraud checks were in the... Um, in the beginning of my career you know <laughs> i remember when i was 18 i set up a account that focus uh, party poker to mm-hmm. play poker and they gave you they gave you 50 dollars uh, with uh, no terms and conditions you yeah. could take the 50 dollars, and you could withdraw it straight away yeah yeah you know and, and so like you mentioned like you just set up accounts for your for your parents for your son and, and then after a while they i remember they they called me up they said well, we, we noticed that there's a lot of accounts under your name and i was like yeah but uh, you know I, I put it on my mother my father and yeah but why, why are they on your name i said yeah. i i guess they just put my name there and they were like okay uh, okay thank you have a good day yeah yeah i <laughs> we to withdraw different yeah, yeah. times that's what i mean the incentive is to scale it's always
1: yeah. like you can earn thousands yeah. as an individual from doing all the the welcome offers in the uk yeah. Uh, but then you you know you you make money from the retention values as well going forward, but that kind of drops off after about twelve months. So mm. you, you the the value starts to det- deteriorating, and you yeah. look at ways of replicating that or scaling that. And uh, you know, I mean, it's a the rudimentary figures, you know, um, mm. but it, we we can determine it's a multi billion pound counter in the industry, wow. uh, and that's really kind of
0: multi billion yeah, yeah, yeah. That is insane money. Like, like yeah, how has the exploits uh, changed since you started until now? Is it um, more difficult to uh, to exploit casino now versus uh, you know six years ago?
1: It's a bit of a game of cat and mouse in that regard. Yeah. So they've got better, but so so has the other side. You know. Yeah. Um. I would say, uh, I mean, <laughs> can't say too much because um, yeah. we've worked with so many you know platforms. Uh, but I would I would say I would say they're kind of in parallel at the minute. You know the the casino they 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 try and fix something, and the abusers
0: will kind of find a way around it or find something new. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And so 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 again, you started off by exploiting the, the casinos, and I was successful in that. And. Uh, and then somewhere down the line, you decided that you are going to switch side to, the, I don't know if it's anyone I expect, you know, there's white there's white hat hackers who are, sure. who are the ethical hackers. And in this instance, I guess it's a, it's a white, hack, uh, white hat uh, uh, exploiter. Sure, sure. <laughs> and and at, at what point did you decide to switch side and like what happened uh, so, during that time? Um, Ed's a parent. I, I'm a parent.
1: Um, <laughs> and... We'd scaled, um, you know, to a point where we were comfortable and we had kind of stopped learning in terms of identifying exploits. Um, you know, we'd, we'd developed quite a lot of knowledge and we weren't really enjoying that process anymore. It would become work, essentially, mm. you know, you um, had you know, employees in an office and running an operation, um, you know, full time. Um, but the I mean, the problem is, like, you just spin and spin uh, slots all day or, you know, it becomes work and it it becomes not pleasant, essentially. Uh, we like the problem solving element, you know, it was never really about the money. It was about the cheating, so. it's, yeah, it's about yeah. the problem solving, so <laughs> yeah. um, we got, we now get that on the other side, you know, um, mm-hmm. we're yeah. approaching the same problems from the other side and, you know, there's big limitations in the industry, so. <laughs> uh finding creative ways of solving these problems um mm-hmm. it's kind of you know we've got our energy back in that regard yeah. but not only that we're no longer like you know yeah. um locked in a room like doing <laughs> spinning slots all day we can talk about it we can yeah. we can you know yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah sit here and have a nice conversation yeah, yeah. but in yeah, other words yeah. Uh, yeah. and so like so what, what was it like when you um, decided to switch over and kind of have your first conversation with an operator. Like how did that go, go yeah. out?
1: <laughs> so, um, there was one particular operator. I can't name names, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but we're taking a significant amount of value off them in a short space of time. It was an exploit that allowed for both scaling, um, with limited resources uh, required and also converting bonus to cash instantly. So it was like, a, powerful exploit and uh yeah we took we took a lot of money and i think they were seeing that so uh we got talking i had a pseudonym ada lovelace yeah. um yeah. so that's where it, i mean it it comes from you know ada lovelace uh, the mathematician but yeah. that was the of number I female used. programmer yeah 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 <laughs> um so i used that name um i, I was reading this Story to my daughter, like uh, you know, as a you know, I- inspiring female role model um,
0: mm-hmm. around that time, and that's kind of where I picked the name from. Um, <laughs> what, what a what a suitable bedtime story to your daughter as a yeah, computer yeah. expert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the story of the lovelies. And so I used that name um, because
1: I didn't want this operator I was going to meet to know where I live. Like uh, I was say maybe a bit paranoid then thinking you know mm. the gambling industry has a bad reputation and especially mm. if you're in the world of abusing them you do things to justify it to yourself right so mm. you, you know they're their enemy so um yeah i used a, a pseudonym so i couldn't be tracked and i i went and met you know someone from a from an operator in london in a hotel lobby and uh i was terrified i got i got my <laughs> mate to come with me like uh it was like, <laughs> <laughs> like the muscle we sat on the table like it away from me and stuff. I uh, got there and, and uh, the person I met, they were more terrified than I was. So. Really? They like, <laughs> <laughs> don't know what to expect. No, honestly. they thought we were coming to get information out <laughs> of them, you know, so um, it, like it transpired that, you know, well, we went on to to work with them for you know, a significant amount of time and like really significant savings, so... Hmm um word of mouth spread like it's a small industry mm. um and so that was 2 years ago um oh. and since since then we've worked with 35 operators so um you know with no marketing no you know the just the value we've been able to save you know is usually measured within the millions you know so it's yeah. significant yeah like uh, the other thing was you know going into the industry we didn't want to move into prosecutable forward, you know, we didn't we didn't want that life for ourselves, you know mm. we we wanted it to be legitimate.
0: Yeah, so,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. This opportunity come, you know, <laughs> and it and it worked out.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, so, so uh, I mean, we, we got in touch first with uh, Janetta, our uh, the previous project manager. It was about two years ago to we talking about maybe next and maybe do something together to there. And uh, like you said, I I am assuming that you know. Having a resource like you working with the operators is just absolutely invaluable to them. Obviously, it's like this uh, saying: uh, if you can't beat them, then join them. I think this operator that you work with in the in the first instance, obviously, instead of uh, trying to uh, hunt you down or whatever, just realize that you know this, this is yep. fighting a losing battle. Like you have to work together in order to uh, figure out how to stop these losses. You know, a-
1: absolutely. Kudos yeah. to them for for you know taking that chance on us, basically, yeah. because. You know, I don't know where I'd be now if that hadn't have been the case. So, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're grateful for it. You know, yeah, like, Hopefully one day we can use their name and give them proper credit <laughs> for it. But.
0: Yeah, exactly, for now. <laughs> um, so, so what would you say um, is uh, for the average operator, like, um, would you say that pretty much all uh, operators are exploitable or are there are operators that, that do, without mentioning names, of course, but... Yep. Do you, do you think that uh, it's some operators that do a much better job than others to uh, avoid exploits, especially the larger ones? Absolutely,
1: so it's yeah, so it's down to each individual operator, of course mm. the size of their promotions is going to make a, a big difference, um, mm. but there's many variables, you know, um, how long you can take retention value from them is you know also significant so it doesn't matter if they don't have a welcome offer Mm. if you can rinse them for a year on their attention offers then you know it's just as valuable if not more so there's many variables it comes down to their individual ability to manage risk Um, but there are problems in the industry like um, departments are siloed so you know it's our opinion that you know risk uh, detection is you know uh, identified at all points of the player journey. So right from registration, to payments, to verification, to gameplay, whatever that part of the journey, there's risk, you know, th- there's metrics there to determine risk. Mm. And the problem at the moment is a lot of operators have very siloed departments and really bonus abuse falls in the void of these silos, right? So, nice. um, you know, if, you, if you're trying to identify risk, you need the full puzzle picture to make an assessment um, because, you know, there is correlations between um, the Ford element, you know, the, the device tracking element or the whatever I key correlati- IP correlations and the gameplay because mm. if there's a gameplay correlation, you know, it reinforces our opinion. So uh, the problem is it's all deconstructed at the moment. And mm. so every operator is doing their, their, you know, has their own ideas of how to manage this. But yeah. the reality is there isn't nobody has a full solution and hmm. um, manage part of the process but the, the yeah, gaps yeah. essentially so I mean as an example there's there's an operator out there where you know you can exploit their sport book all day long every day and uh, <laughs> for for more than a year really um, yeah. without any repercussions just consistently taking value yeah if you go and play on their, their horse racing you know then you're gonna get identified like there's, there's pockets of right, um you know sophistication in this regard yeah. in this area and you, um, you're only you're only as strong as your weakest link in this uh, game exactly exactly yeah. so uh every operator is a bit different um mm-hmm. uh, you know there are some that are very exploitable that you probably wouldn't suspect and there's some that are really good that you know like you probably wouldn't suspect either but <laughs> something i'd say is probably the smaller operators are a bit better um really the reason being is the impact for them is so much more significant so if you imagine there's only so many identities um out there to be used for this form of abuse Mm. Uh, you know in the in the uk it's it's roughly around a million identities um so if a new operator goes live and they're you know they're welcome off and get circulated in these forums they've got a huge amount of pre-existing identities there ready to just pounce on them yeah. like it can it, it has destroyed yeah. new operators just overnight like because <laughs> well they can't manage that new entry into the market and the amount of abuse that exists within it so um you know whereas a big operator that's been around for a long time is diluted by all the the genuine play they've mm-hmm. got a big market share it hurts them less like It's still have you know, a huge amount of money <laughs> yeah. but but, um, you know, regulatory compliance and all of these things often trump, um, you know, looking inward at what might have been wrong from the times of moving fast and breaking things, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, when they're good and ready to look inward, you know, we're
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so can you mention like a couple or one or two of uh, some of the more um, obvious uh Exploits that are active today, for example. Yeah, the more common ones.
1: Uh, So I talk about some of the kind of abuse processes. Uh, I'm probably going to be a bit light on the topics, just because you know I don't want to be perceived as educating people on this kind of stuff. But yeah, casino advantage play is just mathematically optimizing the process of play. Mm. So you know, there's a lot of control a player actually has over you know how they play, Um, and that can determine the value of that. Mm. Promotion. So, you know, there's kind of this idea that a single promotion has a single value, but the reality is every promotion has a variable value depending on how it's approached. Mm. So, um, that, you know, it's a very popular form of abuse, very profitable uh, historically. Um, it's been more valuable than sport in terms of a kind of uh, offer, you know, like for like, in terms of what you get in sport offers and casino offers, um, there's more people abusing sport, but the casino pertains, you know, has slightly higher value. Mm. And then there's the sport abuse as well, which is the same. It's just optimizing value. It's mm. just taking every bit of value an operator gives you and optimizing it as much as you can to mm. exploit as much out of that as possible. Mm. So, um, and then there's you know all the different kinds of niches. So something we focused on a lot is bonus engine logic abuse, which um it's essentially finding tiny nuances in how the the bonus structure works um so that's things like you know how the money moves what happens if the bonus is cancelled while the money is in certain places and you know all of these things so um it, when we test an operator we do we test thousands <laughs> of different like <laughs> things to see yeah. if we can get something to break and uh I something me and Ed have sort of really specialised in, uh, but then there's just consumption order abuse as well, which is just—it's pl- not finding bugs in the bonus engine, but
0: it's finding you know bad design in a bonus yeah. engine. So, um, so the abuse comes both from the or uh, the exploits come both from the operators and the game suppliers. So it's not just the operators who are sh- sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So the, uh, that's a good point. So the the content as well. Um, Obviously, you get bad content that's got problems that you can essentially make money just out of the content itself, which hmm. is something we identify quite often. But actually, we we're never looking for that. <laughs> uh, okay. it's just uh, you know we've got a full-time guy that tests every new slot release, and so it's kind yeah. of he knows what he's looking for in that regard. So sometimes he comes across it, but hmm. um, our, our primary focus in terms of content uh, exploiting content is actually where there's uh, incompatibilities with operators bonus engines hmm. or the you know how they format their bonuses so i think alex touched on it a little bit on yeah. uh on the podcast with you recently um essentially what it is is storing value in a game the later release as bonus so that the later release as cash and it undermines the bo- the wagering process so um the player no longer needs to fully complete that wagering and it massively increases the value in in many cases you know they convert 90 percent of that value to cash compared to maybe 20 30 if it was an advantage play process so mm-hmm. significantly higher value um but i mean there's there's endless nuance kind of exploits we focus a lot on collusion as well yeah uh, that can be a means of kind of uh, that has several different ways it can, you know, be used to undermine what an operator is intending to to happen. Um, so yeah, that's it really. Like um, just to add, maybe on the exploitable slots, but they're becoming a more and more significant issue. Um, it's not only converting bonus to cash; it's essentially a way of storing money without visibility. So it, it poses, you know, AML risks. Um, there's affiliate risks as well. There's kind of abuse that utilizes this invisible value, right? mm. um, but also VIP abuse as well. So this is a kind of another little niche section yeah. of abuse where you're essentially trying to harvest or you know um, create VIP accounts. So you act like a a good player mm. until you get the VIP account. In many cases, operators, once you're segmented as a VIP, you kind of get locked in. Or, well, you know, some some do, some don't, but, mm. you know, so you're, you're in the system. Yeah. yeah. So then you take, you know, if you store value, you, it looks like you've lost, but you haven't lost. Um, and then you can take the increased value when you get it. So there's there's many different little <laughs> nuanced processes, um, you know, that these different exploits have. Mm. Uh, and Sometimes they kind of combine combine with each other to create like new bizarre things that can <laughs> happen. But yeah, they, I, I think that's a good summary yeah. of a few of the exploits.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no, like like you said here in the beginning. I mean, it's uh, it's a a large amount of people who are many of them are geniuses. Obviously, the figuring uh, out the the exploits and the. I mean, I remember as well like. Uh, Funny example from like the early days of online gaming was the exploits were so rudimentary, you know, and, and um, I remember the poker players, many of the poker pros figured out that you could uh, earn money by currency fluctuations back in the day, for yeah, example. Yeah, It was such apple. an easy thing, you know? Yeah. And it took a long time before the operators even caught up with that. that yeah. the, the fact that you could move money from your main wallet in USD to your poker account in Euro. And the um, operator were just updating these um, currencies once a day, right? So you knew how the currency was going to (laughs) update. Yeah, yeah. You quite often get
1: odd little, I say fun, like interesting (laughs) uh, exploits like that now and again. uh, um, You know, there's also the marketing uh, kind of mess ups as well. Uh, uh, There's been instances where they're giving 20 pence free spins or 20 cents free spins and... You know, put an extra zero on by accident <laughs> and then he got 20, 20 euro free spins oh. like uh um and then there's all the you know you're telling in all these other processes how can i hide that money so yeah. it looks like i've lost it and yeah, so you later leave it, release it over a period of time and you know how great. how can i remove the wagering on it or what payment
0: method can i use to get an instant withdrawal or you know Exactly yeah, because the, the operators mess up all the time It's it's yeah. easy to 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 mess up something like that or send out an, an email with a promotion and it's, and it's uh, the requirements are you know obviously it's a mistake and obviously the operators they notice it quick but then it's the experts are trying to move that money or hide the money uh, before the operator realizes yeah. exactly yeah 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 <laughs> interesting and um so so now obviously you are uh, developing Uh, like a plug-and-play product solution so that uh, obviously you're working with your operators and game studios as opposed on a one-to-one basis you're only you're only a couple of people of course but this plug-and-play solution um, is supposed to be of help to all operators in a automated uh, way can you talk a little bit of this product and what it will sure yeah to to explain what it does I'll I'll just explain um,
1: you know why it's needed so mm. um, there are we, we see three pillars in regards to risk management uh, I mean there are some smaller ones on the periphery but the, the three main mm. requirements in terms of risk management is your, your verification products your um, KYC products and then gameplay risk analysis so the the sort of first line of defense of an operator is fraud products and they're absolutely essential and, and needed but Um, there is a problem in that a large amount of abuse gets through. And the reason for that is because there's very good knowledge among the bonus abuse community on how to bypass these systems. (laughs) Like, I mean, the requirements can be very simple. Like, uh, and that's just a technological limitation. Like, they do serve their purpose, but they're not a full solution is the point I'm trying to make, um, you know, Googling the name of some of these products you can find pages and pages of you know guides on essentially how to undermine them So then the next kind of line of defense or you know, sometimes it's next sometimes it's last whatever um, is verification so verifying the person is who they are. That's a big way of managing um, you know people using identities, so um, the problem with that is like I don't know if I can give details about because probably they can be undermined. Yeah, Let's yeah. just say that. So, <laughs> you know, there's a problem in that the the data that some of these verification products use is publicly available data, and so it's possible to use data that guarantees verification. But you know, with the forward unverification uh, processes, if you're using an identity with permission, they're both. They're, there's not a lot they can do anyway, hmm. uh, and as well operators you know they will they will take 100 bonus abusers over a false positive of one vip player or one valuable player um so it leads to this um dilution of how effective these products can be um because there is an area of false positives and operators would much rather lean towards uh you know being safe um than getting genuine customers caught up in the mix so because of that, they're you know most abuse, most multi-accounters, you know, make it through the through the, the system. But really, one true um, thing, one uh, is every bonus abuser is looking to optimize value. Mm. Uh, it's a universal truth. Like, mm. um, so that's where gameplay analysis is really important and currently there isn't like a product on the market that you can that you can use for this um and and like i said before operators have all these limitations in regards to implementing it themselves whether that's like knowledge gaps or uh, data science or development resources or or what whatever that may be so um that that's essentially what we want to achieve we want to it's called the gameplay risk engine or the gre like Mm -hmm. following suit with uh AML KYC the the three letter acronyms Um, (laughs) because that's what it is it's new category right Um, the we want to work with you know the other key risk identifiers uh, so it's not only to fill this you know missing pillar it's also to connect them so we want to be a platform you know that allows someone to give a single view. Of all the risks associated mm. with an individual player, each individual player. Uh, but we want every department using that because, like I say, it's like every department it affects. Like right through from you know, there, there's Ford, there's there's marketing, there's payments, there's um, you know, even through to the odds makers and the, the you know who's choosing the content. Like all of these. There's value to be taken for almost every department in this regard, having this full risk pro- profile of a player. Hmm. Um, so that's essentially it, really.
0: Yeah. And, and like, so so out of the multi-billion uh, euro uh, that uh, gets exploited um, over and over, how, how much do you expect uh, this uh, product to save? <laughs> so
1: that's really down to the operator. So what we we want to do is provide visibility like tools. So it's currently the metrics used to determine if a player is abusive aren't great. So it's looking at deposits and withdrawals and you know incentivized mm-hmm. play versus non-incentivized play. What we want to do is with' well, two things. We want to analyze behaviors. So that's talking about like sequence of events that highlight abuse so in the case of exploitable slots we can you know create clear uh, we are, we understand what behaviors are intrinsic to exploiting a slot so we can you know define that and we can automate the detection of that kind of risk that's something that's kind of behavioral uh, what we're also doing is mathematic mathematical modeling so this is something that the bonus abusers do they're looking to optimize the value they will they will do that mathematically. They will use simulators. They'll use calculators. They're, these all put like tools that are out there. Uh, essentially, we're reverse engineering that. So, for every player, regardless of whether they've won or lost, we can determine their true value. Hmm. So, their actual value based on yeah. how they've played, how they've chosen to interact with the operator, how they've um you know how they've played what kind of strategy they've chosen what kind of yeah. offers they're taking what mm. uh, maybe they use a bit of dilution to you know um, look like a genuine player but it'll always be like a small margin so mm. you know uh, we'll be able to see all of that we'll be able to see you know this player might have won you know 10,000 euros but you know the reality is if you if they continue playing they will cost you 20,000 euros oh, in the oh, long term oh. so this is you know what we hope to achieve and reduce the the time it takes to identify this kind of abuse, like dramatically. Like I was saying earlier, some operators it takes twelve months for them to to understand what's yeah. going on, uh, and really it's about not having the right metrics, and that's really yeah. what we want to provide.
0: Yeah, exactly. To reduce the time it takes to uh, to identify the abuse, in other words. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and when do you expect to have the product uh, to market?
1: So. We, we don't have a set date yet, uh, so this is quite early, um, mm-hmm. but we're hoping, you know, early next year we'll, we'll have made cool. good progress, um, so we're, you know, planning all the events to, uh, yeah, in anticipation, but we're working with a good team, so um, we've partnered with uh, a CRM platform, Fast Track, um, and we're leaning on... Leaning on their kind of development resources, um, you know, and their existing insight that, you know, they have from developing their own platform and that partnership is quite natural as well because the data we require, which is really granular, um, kind of lives natively on their system already. They've already gone through the trouble of building an API layer that, you know, collects all the good stuff. So in terms of gameplay anyway. so. Um, yeah, we hope it's not too long, yeah. but I, I can't <laughs> give a definitive yeah, yeah, uh, cool. timeline at this point.
0: No, we're looking forward uh, as well as uh, our, our good friends, as well, uh, Fast Track with uh, Simon and Chris, of course. And uh, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, as well, Osric, uh, that uh, you'll be at uh, SPC Barcelona and then obviously I give you next in October as well. So um, for, for those operators and potential partners that want to meet you, those are good opportunities as well, I suppose, to, yeah. to reach out. Yeah, that's cool. Also, I like, before we end today, I have uh, actually, I'm just curious in general uh, to slide a little bit off topic yeah, here and looking at the wider IT security. Uh, something that interested me that came to light last year was the SolarWinds hacks. Uh, and um, it exposed the fact that every organization is just very vulnerable uh, to hacks, of course. And the, the, this, in a nutshell, the SolarWinds was a, uh, a state-sponsored hack, which um, it, the extent of which is unknown, I guess, still. But um, more, more or less, um, all of the biggest organizations in the US, including government institutions, were affected, uh, I believe. And again, they, 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 it's unknown to what extent uh, they have been uh, hacked. These organizations. So, I have just heard that um, there's so many uh, there's so many ways to compromise systems uh, and now. I mean, there was another hack where a company got com- compromised by the uh, thermostat in the in the aquarium in the office. Yeah, that was connected to the Wi-Fi and then led into the IT c- yep. systems. So it begs the question a bit, like, do you think, uh, do you think that, um, like, what is the future of IT security? Like, uh, is, is the future to take system offline, off the cloud? Is the cloud dead, for example, or, or, uh, or how, how, what do you see as the future of IT security with the amount of hacks that is happening?
1: Honestly, um, it's probably not something I've really concerned myself with or given <laughs> too much thought about. Um, Sorry to put you on the spot there. I mean, like, uh, it's not often
0: you have, uh, you know, someone. I understand the risk,
1: but I don't really have a solution in that regard. Um, Especially with, you know, the considerations regarding quantum computing and everything that's potentially to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea.
0: All right, um, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I t- I totally put you on the spot. Uh, with that, I wanted to see if there was something that was interesting. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, ostrich like this has been uh, super interesting and and uh, informative. Um, to to I know this is the first time uh, you know we kind of talk about this publicly and, and things. So we really appreciate uh, that, that in in general for coming on and and. Um, I'd be really happy to, to follow up at some point and obviously happy to see you tagging me next in October and, and, and so on. Um, is there any, any final words on, on your end as well?
1: Um, not really. Thank, thanks for having me. It's, yeah,
0: uh, yeah it's, been, it's been
1: a real pleasure. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, take care. Take care all week and uh, we'll see you again in the future. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> awesome.